0: Hey folks as you know I love helping people. Especially people trying to help themselves so I was sent this GoFundMe fundraiser from a listener. My name is Greg, and I was homeless due to the death of my spouse and need dental work to become employable as I look horrendous, and my work experience is working with the public. I desperately need dentures or, if lucky, implants. I have never been more humiliated in my life and am thankful someone is willing to help me do this. Please help make me whole again. If you would like to help Greg become whole again and get his life back the link to donate is below, if you are unable to help. Please share the fundraiser link. I truly appreciate you.
1: Cops and other law enforcement people have read it, what were some cases you worked on that made you think even if for a moment that something supernatural paranormal was going on? EMS here. One on a difficulty breathing call. We show up and the poor patient had been a cancer patient and she had literally coughed up chunks of her lungs all over the bathroom. She was obviously dead, laying there against her toilet. My partner straightened up all of the sudden and said can you feel that, she's still here. I was like well of course she is, moron, she's right there. And he turns and looks at the door frame and says no, she's not left yet. She's right there watching us. I could feel the hair raise on the back of my neck, but I couldn't see, anything. But of course after someone says that it was impossible for me not to dismiss feeling like someone else was watching, bastard doctor made us work her too. Spent the entire time doing CPR and doing what I could while apologizing on the way to the emergency room. EMS Called to a house with police at around 3am Relatively small shared house with a lot of rooms and people who don't know each other living there caller reports that there is blood everywhere. All on the walls. Staircase. In the kitchen. On the doorstep. He thinks one of the upstairs residents is into dodgy stuff which I assume was meant to be drugs or crime of some kind or whatever. Well we open the door and sure enough there is blood everywhere. It's all on the floor and all the way up the stairs. It goes into the kitchen too but stops at the back door. There's a pool on the front doorstep but not a big one. A couple of cops go upstairs ahead of me. I am there thinking well shit. If someone's lost this much blood there isn't a great deal we can do for them anyway. And if Whoever did it is still in the house We're about to have a major scrap on our hands in the UK Police are unarmed We go to the door the dodgy guy is in And knock He kinda answers like yeah The cops say they're police and they need to have a word with him He comes to the door in pajama trousers and says he was asleep He's not injured and has no blood on him There's none in his room He lets the cops have a search and his room is all fine Seemed like a regular guy to me We speak to all of the other neighbors in the house And the cops search their rooms and nothing No one heard anything that they told us anyway And no one had anything suspicious in their room. There was no blood in anyone's bedrooms. It was only on the stairs hallways, kitchen, and front doorstep. The two cops call for a dog unit to attend and search the area. The dog arrives but tracks the blood no further than the front doorstep. Whatever had caused that blood to be there seemed to still be in the house. And we had no idea whose blood it was. Thought it could potentially have been an animal's blood somehow. But unless it was a large animal there was way too much for that and i hope we'd have found a bleeding large animal in our search i had control pestering me to redeploy to another job so i thanked the cops for helping me clear the house and said i had to go they said they were gonna go do a wider search and then resume as well as there was nothing they could find i never heard any more about it and as far as i know there was no murders or anything like that reported after that incident so it's still an absolute mystery i am not sure if i describe it as paranormal But it was certainly strange and spooky. I didn't feel creeped out at the time, but had I been one of the people living in that house I definitely would have done. Other incidents I've been to that I guess could be paranormal are usually just sad mental health incidents. Occasionally we end up at addresses with very elderly people who see their dead wives in their house and talk to them. I once went to a job where an old guy was there with his son. While I was doing some tests on the old guy he was talking to an empty chair next to him, saying stuff like oh it's okay, he's just checking my blood pressure then they'll be out of here and we can go back to sleep. I didn't question it and got on with my work. When I spoke to the son afterwards he said his mom died a few years before and his dad has never really come to terms with it. The dad, always claims he can see his wife there with him when she isn't, and talks to her like she is. Apparently he even sometimes makes her breakfast and tea still because he thinks she's actually there. Stuff like that is just sad rather than creepy though edit because i've got a lot of comments about the investigation in the first story i have no idea what investigation the cops did i know they thoroughly searched the house got a dog to search the house and surrounding area carried out a search of the neighborhood nearby and called a supervisor down to investigate after that i have literally no idea as i was redeployed and had to go there was still cops there when i left i don't know the outcome as it's nothing to do with me and we don't often speak to the cops about stuff like that i don't imagine they just looked at the scene thought, "Huh, weird." Anyway let's go, I imagine there was some investigation done but I really don't know what patrol officer here. This is not my story but my partner's. And all three officers on scene verified this story too. So my partner responds to a priority breaking and entering call. A house sitter dog sitter calls and says that he can hear loud banging and footsteps coming from downstairs the ground floor and he should be the only one home. The house sitter and the dog are both upstairs dog is in a cage. So officers respond priority. Including a K9 officer. Police release K9 into the house first to clear the house. K9 comes out empty handed. Three officers then go inside the house and clear it themselves again nothing and nobody inside officers then step out front with the house sitter that called 911 as they're telling him the house is empty they see the curtains of the bedroom window on the second floor open they're heavy curtains and they parted from the center so they claim it couldn't really be possible from air vents kicking on or anything like that and all three officers and the house sitter all see it Then the guy asks police to come back inside with him because he's going to take the dog to a different home for the night and he needs to get the dog out of the cage. The police refuse to go back inside with him not the best example of public service. Not a cop, but had one tell us a story. When I was in like GR6 I lived in Pay Prince Edward Island. We had the opportunity to talk to an officer it was supposed to be like a DARE program thing. At the end we got to ask questions. And of course there'd be the typical questions that kids would ask like did you ever shoot anyone. He shot at, but didn't actually shoot anyone. Or so he told us. Then someone asks what's the creepiest thing you've seen. I probably don't remember all the details because it was years ago. But it went kind of like this. There was a small island just off the coast of Pei. And one night people had called the police to report a baby crying from the island. The police show up. And sure enough they hear a baby crying. They, make their way over to the cries. But when they get to the island the crying stopped they searched everywhere and guess what they found nothing no baby or any sign that someone might be there they started to leave the island and immediately the baby crying starts up of course they go back and it stops i can't remember how long they were looking but they haven't found anything and you could tell it has been bothering him for a long time by the way he talked about it it always creeped me out and i doubt i'll ever forget about it weird things happen on pay edit added clarification about what pay is this is unexplained and probably just coincidence but i still never mention it to my co-workers i spent some time as a homicide investigator we would respond to all apparent suicides and investigate them just to make sure it wasn't a homicide usually we determined a motive for suicide and found a note or other indicator that the person killed themselves one guy just taped a note to his chest that said happy now bitch," and made sure his wife found him after he hanged himself But occasionally you get a case where all forensic evidence indicates that the person killed themselves. But there's no note and no discernible reason why this person would be suicidal. These are people in good health with decent careers and a seemingly happy family life. But who knows what's really going on with someone. Here's the part that freaks me out. I've worked maybe 10 suicides like this. The last three before I left homicide all had the same thing at the scene. These was a little decorative wicker lighthouse at each location. It was the same lighthouse. Same design and painted white and blue. It stuck out to me the first time because it was by the bed where the body was. But two weeks later I saw the same damn lighthouse on another suicide and even pointed out the coincidence to a patrol officer. A few months later I go on another suicide and I see that same. Wicker lighthouse. That's when it clicks that it's always been unexplained suicides. I go back and look at crime scene photos from every suicide I've worked. In two of them I see what could be the Wicker lighthouse. But the angle is often there's too much junk around to say for sure. I don't know I thought it was creepy as hell but I transferred a couple of months later and I let it go. Added well that got more of a response than I was anticipating. To answer the question of was it a serial killer I very much doubt it. These were clearly suicides, most of which had no feasible alternative explanation. We work every suicide as if it were a homicide. An apparent suicide is almost always a suicide. But we're on the side of caution. Also, while serial killers are actually more common than most people think, they rarely leave calling cards or anything like you see in movies. It's usually some ducked-up dude that has a particular taste. I really do think it was an odd coincidence, but it was still pretty duck and creepy. I know an old detective who has lots of stories One of which he loves to tell as a paranormal one In his younger days two patrol officers found a woman in white wandering around a graveyard barefoot past midnight They asked her what she was doing and she said she was lost So they brought her back to the station At the station, this detective was on duty with his partner Who handled a woman's case His partner took down her details and let her go The detective I know never saw her face Only his partner did But he remembers seeing her back as she walked out of the station and for some reason she was tiptoeing as she left. His partner ran her ID or name through the system after she left. And apparently she was supposed to be dead. I've been in law enforcement for nearly 6 years and I have had a few supernatural things occur during my shifts. The most recent one came from a 911 hang up call. I was riding two men on a summer night and it was probably around 2 or 3 am when we get a call for a 911 hang up. The only call comments were was a call was placed to 911 and upon answering it the person hung up. When dispatch attempted to call the number back no one answered. The area in which I was working this night I have basically spent my whole career in. There aren't a whole lot of streets I had yet to respond to. However, the address this call came in from they used GPS coordinates to find the closest location since the caller hung up I had never been to I had driven past this road many times but never actually revived a call from it We pull up to this old dirt road and it has a metal chain going across the entrance with a sign that says no trespassing Because we have to figure out what is going on me and my partner continue on foot up this long dirt gravel road The road was maybe about 100 yards long The shitty party was that on each side of the road was a tall chain link fence. Why this was crappy was because now me and my partner were now walking down a fatal funnel. If there happened to be a guy waiting for us at the end of this road with let's just say an assault rifle, we would have no place to take cover. Thankfully this did not happen. We eventually reached the end of the road and there are two houses on each side. At first we believe one of these houses is where the 911 call had come from. As I am shining my flashlight at one of the houses I see a figure move from inside. Instantly I am like oh shit people actually live back here. As I thought for sure the houses were going to be vacant. Shortly after a man and a woman walk outside and ask what is going on. We tell them we received a 911 hang up call from address 123 main made up and asked if they had called. The man tells us his address is 124 main and the one across the street is 125 main which he says is vacant. He proceeds to tell us there is a 123 main which is basically in the middle of these tall weeds forest looking area just to the north of his house he says the house is vacant and run down and can only be reached on foot i asked him how far away it is from his house and he says probably a couple of football fields away now while all this walking investigating was going on we had received a think two more 911 hang up calls same address same result before we made this trek out into the middle of the woods we called for another car and eventually another two-man unit responded. The four of us now wandered out into the woods. Two of us with our assault rifles out and followed a barely beaten path to where we assumed we would find a house. Fighting spiderwebs and low-hanging tree branches we eventually reach our destination. I am terrible at describing things but this house was straight out of any horror movie you want to imagine. It was rundown had a tree that had fallen through the middle and had now become incorporated with the house throughout the years. The house was nearly falling apart and was completely overgrown by greenery. Having come this far we decide to continue on. Even though we were pretty sure the house would be vacant. After fighting through some thick brush we find our entrance. We each have to climb over some fallen brick walls and other wooden shit before we actually make entry. My biggest fear at this point is this stupid rotten house collapsing on itself and being trapped inside. With no one being able to find us, we search the entire house and like we thought no one inside and when i say we searched the entire house i mean the entire house nothing was left unchecked feeling satisfied we all climb our way back out of the bullshittery and start heading back towards where the two original houses were as we walk back dispatch radios us and tells us they received another 911 hang up call coming from the same address this time dispatch tells us they were able to make call back and when the person answered they could hear what sounded like a child playing on the phone the four of us looked at each other and decided we were done with this call we had done everything we could up to that point and were, not about to get called back into possibly a demon's house because a child was on the phone, we clear the call and don't receive any more 911 hang up calls for the rest of the night, fast forward maybe 6 months and it's dead ass cold winter, 911 hang up from the same address, this time it's me and 3 guys who weren't there previously, I tell them the story of what happened and all 3 are super psyched and wanna check it out, the 4 of us walk back out to this house now much easier to get to since the cold had killed off a lot of the greens, the 3 of them decide to go into the house. I wait outside as I already had my fun. They don't make it too far once they realize this house is about to collapse on itself. We all leave again, no callback from a child this time. If I ever go out there again I'll try and get a picture of the house just so when I tell other people this story they can have a better understanding of how ducked this house actually is. At the time I was a third shift caregiver in assisted living. We have pagers that go off if the resident pushes their call button asking us to help go to the bathroom, or if they fall, etc. We get a page about 12am to a residence room a woman who was one of my favorite people in the building at the time who is wheelchair bound and she needs to use the restroom, now she must have had pneumonia or something respiratory going on that wasn't diagnosed because the daughter never took her to get checked out and the resident refused to go to a doctor but you could hear her troubled breathing from down the hall, when we got to the room besides the fact that she had loud raspy breathing, she acted as if nothing was wrong, she was joking around and teasing my co-worker and I as usual but we could tell something was a little off by the way she was acting, we do, 2 hour checks on the resident so by this time it was about 2 am, we check once of the building and make our way to the hallway with the woman. But as we turn the corner I stop. My co-worker asks what's wrong. I tell her it's quiet and she realizes what I mean. The woman had passed. We made all the calls that we were to make per protocol and they have her body moved out of the room by about 5ish and the last thing we have to do before shift change is unlock the front doors at about 5.45am. I make my way to the double glass push doors to unlock them and open and close the door to make sure they were really unlocked. As the glass doors are closing I see in the reflection of the glass is the woman who had just passed away sitting in the chair behind me. spin around to find an empty chair i am a chef at an assisted and independent living retirement community i live in the south and during the recent hurricanes my wife baby and i stayed in one of our guest suites to avoid the worst of the weather and outages during the night my bosses had me walk around and check all of the doors and windows on the bottom floor out of three to minimize flooding etc i should mention that above every doorway leading outside has a motion sensor detector that makes a satisfying click as you walk by the first night of rounds i have no issues however during both set of rounds the second Night. I would walk down the hallways during my rounds and listen to the small clicks that would sound as a walk through. Just as I was leaving the Eelsides apartments and walking towards Aland, listening to my clicks, I began to notice that about 10 to 15 feet after I passed by a door, I would hear another set of clicks. I stopped and looked, no one was there, but I knew someone or something was there. It happened to me at every door until I got back to my room. Still get chills when I think about it. <laughs> I was an electrician in the Navy serving on the Iwo Jima LHD-7. LHDs are roughly half the size of an aircraft carrier. So as you can imagine, they are quite large. Several friends supposedly had heard voices in out-of-the-way engineering spaces. The previous Iwo Jima had a steam leak that killed 10 engineers. And I had been in several creepy spaces on the ship. But other than a general feeling of unease, nothing weird happened to me. That is until one night, a couple months before I got out of the Navy. We were doing cleaning on the electrical switchboards. This required killing power to the majority of the ship. We did this in the middle of the night after working hours. And the only people on board were a handful of duty section personnel and about 30 of us electricians. In the Navy. When securing power to equipment. You hang red danger tags on breakers and fuses so that way people know not to turn on said power source because they may cause injury or death to someone. A friend and I went to hang several danger tags in a pump room. The main power had already been shut off. So the area of the ship we were in was pitch black except for our flashlights. To enter this pump room, we had to open a hatch in the hangar bay, climb down a steep vertical ladder, and then go down another short vertical ladder. At this point, we are below the water line. We hang the danger tags in the upper part of the pump room. Then head down the stairs to the lower section with my friend in the lead. Halfway way down the stairs. I hear what sounds like a woman scream. I stop. My friend stops. Keep in mind there are very few people on board the ship at this time. And we were the only ones in this part of the ship. He turns to me and asks if I just heard a woman scream. I say, I didn't, and neither did you. We hang the last tags as quickly as possible, and exit the pump room. we were greeted by our chief in the hangar bay, and asked her if she had heard a scream. She hadn't, and she told us she had been standing outside the hatch since shortly after we had entered, asked the women in our division if any of them had screamed that night. No one had, and I never went into that pump room again. I was working as a paramedic and my station had a mental hospital in our area. They knew they weren't allowed to call us for basic transports that it had to be an emergency. We get a call there one night for a possible stroke on the 4th floor. We knew that the 4th floor is where they kept people who were guilty of murder, rape etc and that a police officer would be with us. When we get there the nurse has this look on her face that we are really about to walk into something sketchy. She tells us that the lady won't stop looking to the left her excuse for calling us and saying it was a stroke and talking to something. When we walk into the room she's in full conversation with something outside the window. We ask her to talk to us and she got quiet. We load her up and the Leo cuffs her to the gurney. When we get outside she looks back towards the window then quickly shoots her head to the other side and said it's so cool how fast they fly. About 5 minutes from the hospital she asks me if I am worried that the ambulance is about to break down so that her and her flying yellow friends could rape and kill us. I said no and she started this screeching laugh that I'll never forget. The Leo was as white as snow and said nothing to her. We drop her off in the emergency room. Come back outside and the ambulance have cut off and wouldn't start. I went back inside to ask Leo if he had turned it off and they said no Leo walked inside with us. We couldn't find him and dispatch sent a bunch of cars to look but he wasn't at the hospital. They found him sitting in his. Cruiser back at mental hospital and he couldn't remember how he got there. To this day I really think her and officer saw something. Added, I was pretty hungover this morning while trying to write this. Quick notes. Leo law enforcement officer. I started writing that instead of cop. Sorry. Picked a lady up. Acting crazy. Said I would get wrapped and murdered. Crazy witch laugh. Cop Leo that rode with us disappeared. Found in his car back at the mental hospital. Scared me a lot lol. Not paranormal really just something I always remember that makes me laugh. Starting out in the fire service. Get a alarm drop at an old building late at night that had stories of being haunted. Supposedly was used as a prison during the civil war. Lots of executions etc. My captain was in middle-aged black guy. Funny as hell. We finished searching the first and second floor and captain relays to command nothing found. Command tells us to go to the attic and make sure it is clear there as well. Captain copies the order. Then just stands there. I am still new so I don't question it. We stand there for 5 minutes in silence until the captain goes over the radio again and says we checked it. All clear. Captain looks at me and says the duck I am going up there. This ain't the horror movie where the black guy dies today. He did say later when I brought it up that he had been in there before for a alarm drop and two water fountains turned on when he walked past them. I am a medic and worked a short time as an emergency room medic in Detroit. Hated the job, but was a good experience to have. Anyways one night about 3-4 am we get a radio report from the police they are coming in with a patient and to meet them in the ambulance bay with a stretcher. Police usually do not transport patients. EMS does that. So I figure it was an officer that was hurt or sick. Go out to the ambulance bay and wait for them. They pull up and jump out of the squad car and yell he's in the back. I start asking questions while trying to assess the patient. The patient is stiff as a board. I don't mean like he was dead and in rigor. We were able to pick him up and carrying him like a backboard. The police tell us they were called to a homeless shelter for a disturbance. They got there and this guy was standing in the middle of the room with all the others kneeling to the floor in a circle around him. He was chanting and no one even paid attention to the police. The police weren't sure what was going Going on but for whatever reason decided this guy needed medical attention as we get him in a room he is completely unaware of his surroundings still chanting the charge nurse asks if I can understand what he is saying and I realized what it was he was performing voodoo his chant prayer was a mix of Christianity and African folklore I am certainly not an expert but I recognized it a lot of the nurses were freaked out and did their best to avoid that room the only time he stopped chanting he looked right at me and said demons would come for me I am not religious at all and dismissed the whole thing as just an altered Status, But, the next night I was walking by that room and a psych patient had taken his sheet off his bed. When I walked past he jumped out and tried to strangle me with it. A nurse and an aide were able to tackle him off of me. We restrained him to the bed and sedated him, but he said I told you I was going to get you. I know this was long, still not sure what to make of it. I used to run a shop on a busy retail street, where all the shop managers had set up a network of radios to keep track of shoplifters and other security risks. We would all meet up once a year in person to discuss local characters and best practice when it comes to security. And one year it became apparent that we were all being targeted by a homeless guy who was trying to sneak into back office areas just before closing to spend the night. Harsh as it is, we obviously all had to kick him out when we found him but nobody wanted to report him to the police because he was always apologetic and understanding when we We had to ask him to leave occasionally he would head straight to another shop to try his luck so we got into the habit of calling it in over the radio one night after i'd escorted him out the fire escape i took my time getting back to the radio and when i did i found that four other shops were discussing the fact that they just kicked him out of theirs within five minutes of each other which simply wouldn't be possible along a street that long nobody ever saw him again and it became a bit of a running joke that he died somewhere and we'd all kicked his ghost out my grandpa was a rio Basically the guy who told the pilot where to go and what was ahead. One day him and his team is finishing up a mission. And one of his buddies in another jet barrel rolls over them. He then descends into the clouds. They never saw them again. He just vanished. They searched for weeks but no crash site. No communications. Nothing. Just poof. Gone. Edit holy crap this blew up. For clarification. It was an aerial roll. Not a barrel roll. Sorry I was tired. And they were coming home from a mission. They were over friendly territory when he vanished. They were over the cloud line. So my grandpa is unsure of where exactly they were when he vanished. Not necessarily paranormal, but still duck with me. During my ed clinical for paramedic school we had a 6 years old come in from a pretty nasty MVC. Don't remember his specific injuries but they were debating flying the kid out to a level 1 trauma center. We end up treating the kind and get him more or less stabilized. But we're still fairly concerned about him so the nurse I'm shadowing and myself are basically just sitting in the room constantly monitoring the kind until we can send him up to ICU. Seems like he's doing alright. Vitals are stable. He's just laying there getting some rest. Out of nowhere the kid shoots up. Looks me dead in the eyes and says I don't want to die. Immediately goes into VFib, we worked him for 2 hours and never got a plus back. This kid couldn't have been old enough to even grasp the concepts of life and death, but somehow he knew the exact moment his life was going to end. I've got a pretty thick skin and not many things I see on the job get to me, but the sound of sheer terror in the kid's voice still gives me chills when i first joined the police during our first two days of training school we had a lecture from this old sweat british police slang for an officer who has been in the force for a long time had been in the job for about 20 years he told us of his weirdest experience of policing he said he'd been out on patrol in a car when they got an abandoned call to a house he got there and it was a big house sort of isolated and they knocked on the door and no one answered he went to open the door and it was unlocked and he walked in the house was empty no people no furniture, no possessions, completely vacant, he looked around and found no one there, but then looked upstairs and thought he saw someone move, he went upstairs, it was a really big house with a long hall upstairs, when he, got up there he saw someone go into the bedroom right at the end of the hall, he followed the person there, calling out as he went, again, All the other rooms were completely empty of even furniture. When he got to the room he saw the person go in. He found it completely empty. No one was in it. And nothing was there apart from a big long mirror. He walked into the room and looked into the mirror. He told us he saw something in the mirror that he said has haunted him for the rest of his life. He wouldn't tell us what he saw. And said he'd tell no one ever but that it terrified him. He turned around and left the room to leave as he walked down the hallway he saw that all the rooms were now filled with furniture. No one was there still, but the house no longer looked abandoned. He said he left the house that day never knowing what had happened, or who had called police, but absolutely 100% sure of what he'd seen. He was completely serious and it was obvious that he really believed that was what he'd seen. And it gave me chills down my spine when he was telling us. I've never forgotten it. Sounds like a stitch in time. He slipped into another dimension for a moment. Still damn creepy man. Got a call out to a funeral home for a business alarm and found the front door cracked open. My partner and I went inside, started checking rooms, and eventually made our way to the basement where they do the embalming. I am not one to get rattled and don't believe in ghosts, but my partner and I started catching some really weird vibes as soon as we went down the stairs. After an expedited check downstairs, we went back to the main floor and were wrapping up checking the last few rooms. Suddenly, we both heard two distinct footsteps on the floor of the room above us. Game on, Mr. Burglar. We quietly made our way to the stairs leading to the second floor and started up them when I came across a window. The window looked over the room we had just been in. So the steps actually had to have been on the roof itself. The problem with that was that section of the roof had no other ways of entry or egress other than the window I was looking through and it had been painted shut years prior. The weird vibes ramped up so my partner and I looked at each other, agreed that we had done enough room clearing, and noped right out of the building. My mom worked as a nurse practitioner at Denver County Jail back when I was in middle school. I remember one day where she came home early because she was pretty shaken up. She had gone into work and started her beginning of shift duties, which included looking over the charts of any inmates currently in the ward. She passed one of the suicide watch cells basically a concrete box with a bench and a drain on the floor and noticed that there was a man inside. He was in prison garb but my mom didn't recognize him. So she asked him his name but he didn't respond. There was no chart so she went and asked the officer on duty with her where the guy's chart was. The officer basically thought she was ducking with him because no one had been in that cell for a few days. She went back to the cell with the officer and there was no one there. None of the other staff knew what she was talking about and nothing was on the security footage. My mom is the most secular, scientific person I know and it really freaked her out. She didn't like being alone anywhere in the jail after that. Fellow EMT told me this story two years ago so I might butcher it a bit, but I got chills hearing it at the time. He was working the overnight shift in Quincy when dispatch gave him a call to do a well-being check on an address that called through a landline but no one was talking. Naturally they go to the house with police and fire to check on the possible PT. House is completely dark with no electricity even running through it and it's abandoned. They check the surrounding houses making sure people are okay and then leave after figuring that nothing was wrong. A couple hours later same call. Same situation. So this time they go to explore the inside of the house more. Fire and police are in the, first and second floor while my friend and his partner go to the basement. When they get down there and are searching around with flashlights. They get a chill and then my friend's partner screams and says something grabbed him nothing's there. They duck and dip upstairs and into front yard. Everyone is out there in a few and it's silent. Fire chief then asks if anyone else got a weird chill in there which they all agreed. Calls over. Few more hours they get another call to the same house. But no one goes in this time. Edit holy shit woke up and this blew up. I just want to add that. Other overnight EMTs working with my friend said that address apparently does it very frequently too. Added to a lot of people seem kinda confused about the details of the story. Again I am not the person in the story. Just retelling it. My friend. The EMT. Went to the call the third and times after but when police already cleared a house you don't need to just re-enter it every time they continued searching the area and nothing came up also not an emt's job to search abandoned houses without police scene safety sorry i don't have more details either would love to be able to accurately answer all questions but the only one i can deaf answer is this is quincy ma obligatory not me but a friend well not really since i was there as well But I wasn't the traffic cop. I am from a fairly small town in southern Europe. Pop, 6,000 I rarely visit it. And even more rarely go out but when I do, it is usually with one of my childhood friends whose father is a police officer in the local department. One night we are driving through town keep in mind this is a fairly small, isolated town in geography's asshole as we say here when my friend gets pulled over for driving 15 kmph above the 50 kmph city limit. As the officers are joking with him they knew him through his father. A car that must have been going at least 90 kmph darts by us, takes a left turn and disappears behind the corner 30 meters away. We immediately hear this horrendous cacophony of crashing sounds, tires screeching, breaking glass and explosion, and rushed to the scene, expecting to see devastation and fire. There was nothing, no car no tire marks no broken glass not the slightest sign of a crash no sign of the car either although the street wasn't short enough for it to disappear and one of the cops immediately jumped in their car and tried to track the vehicle it just vanished after waking the residents that lived on the street and before we even got the chance to identify it further than it being a dark colored volkswagen golf edit mystery over guys i haven't talked about this accident with my friend since it occurred so i asked him if he remembered it turns out he did and he also knew the follow-up they found the driver a week later thanks to some security camera footage and another reckless driving incident after making that sharp left turn he slammed into a horizontal pole on a sidewalk scaffolding facade renovation which broke his front right seat window inwards that's why there was no glass. The explosion sound must have been the scaffolding making noise, however, I still cannot imagine how he managed to get away so quickly. He was also very lucky that the pole didn't kill or injure him. I used to work overnight in a hospital and creepy things happened all time. Call lights going off in unoccupied rooms Footsteps behind me in long dark halls The smell of weird perfumes when no one is around And those are just the little things One night I heard my co-worker call for me I came around the corner to the nurse's station and she's MIA I assume she had to run something to a room I go about my rounds And when I finally run into her Ask her what she needed She said she didn't need anything That she'd been on break and never said my name or called out to me I argued for a few minutes until I realized she had no reason to lie But I heard it plain as day, still creeps me out when I think about it. Another place you want to avoid at night is the morgue. Not a cop or law enforcer but I worked at a funeral home all throughout college. I don't usually believe in the paranormal but there were a couple times I questioned it. There is this one time that stands out more than any other experience. Usually when I was working, it was to work after normal funeral home hours at a viewing rosary. This usually meant I was there until dark by myself. Our funeral home was also an old house that always gave me a creepy vibe. My routine for closing was to turn off all the lights, make sure the crematory was off cleaned with no one in there, close any open caskets, transfer the transfer the Phones and lock the door. There was this one time I was in a viewing room turning off all the lights. It was a mid 40s man in one of our viewing rooms. Now normally an embalmed body has their eyelids shut. Our funeral home used what amounts to sticky contacts that would hold the eyes shut. As I was turning off the last light out of the corner of my eye I saw the light reflecting off of an eyeball. This is nearly impossible and made all the hair stand up on my neck. I turned around and I swear on my parents grave it looked like that man was looking right at me. He had the glassy eyes of a dead person and his mouth was still sewn with a slight smile. His head was turned slightly and his eyes were wide open. Instead of being the good funeral home employee and checking it out, I sprinted out of there. I immediately called my boss and told her what I saw. She said to not worry about closing the casket but to transfer the phones and go. She didn't believe a word I said going back in was tough. As I was in the front office, I was holding the phones shaking and continually checking around the corner for anything. I was so scared I called my roommate while I finished transferring. Didn't open the next day. They checked the body and nothing was off. His eyes were shut and his neck wasn't rotated. My boss made fun of me for a good couple of months after that. I can't explain what I saw but it could have been due to tiredness or my brain playing tricks in the dark. Either way, I will never forget that experience. A story from Russia, the father of my girlfriend was a voluntary cop it's like your American deputy, but with less authority. Those guys handle small stuff like walking on public lawns or a drunkard singing in the street. It was evening, they got a report that people are having an illegal gathering in the city park. He went there to check, and found only two rather big families celebrating a wedding. He wished them good luck and went back but decided to cut short round through the old cemetery. The cemetery is of times of World War II, and no new graves were made. Since then, one old man kept half an eye over it for a small salary. And it was a rather tranquil old place. It was dark already. So our hero walked fast along the main road. When he saw the gravekeeper. Old man was fixing a fence that was damaged by a fallen branch. Rather far from him there was his cart. Full of gardening tools. Our hero decided to pull a prank on the gravekeeper. He sneaked to the cart. Took one of the litter bags. Cut two holes in it for eyes with pocket knife and put it over his head and torso. Then he sneaked up to the gravekeeper. Turned on a lighter under the bag so that lights shined from the eyes and started wailing. The gravekeeper turned around slowly. Stared at him for a minute Turned away and continued his work Our hero was so confused by the lack of effect He started to feel bad for his childish behavior He pulled off the bag Mumbled sorry man and walked fast towards the exit At the very gates of cemetery He heard running footsteps behind him It was the gravekeeper Who ran up to him Poked him painfully with a spade And shouted how many times do I tell you People wander around If you need But don't leave the territory Not me but my dad He was a cop in NYC for years. One night he's called to an apartment building where a man has seemingly passed out. Possibly from a heart attack he was also a paramedic. Him and his partner show up and the wife answers the door and takes them into the apartment. The guy is sitting in his chair in the living room completely unconscious. They figure out it's not a heart attack and it's low blood pressure so they're about to administer something to him and suddenly he jumps up and stares at them. However, he wasn't really staring at them. More behind them. Like he didn't even know they were there. He then began pacing back and forth. Speaking in some sort of tongue. Screaming and pointing. Like. It's a scene in a war movie where the general is inspiring his troops before they go into battle. He's waving his hand. Pumping his fist. Chanting. Shouting his head off. And not a single person in the room had any idea what was going on. Then. Just as suddenly as it began. He sits back in his chair and passes out again. When he came to they asked him if he spoke any language other than English, which he didn't. His wife yelled at him that they'd met in Spanish class but he admitted he didn't remember much of it. He said no one in his immediate family spoke any language either. As they'd all been born in America, my dad and his partner left, believing that they had just seen an episode of a previous life taking over the current body in an attempt at self-preservation. My dad tells it better and I figure I messed up a few points but that's more or less the gist of it. I was an intern for my city's SUV unit. Because I didn't have my own car my dad would drop me off on his way to work and so I was normally in the building before the detectives arrived. One morning I wasn't the first one there. The detective that had been assigned first call was there. So I was starting up the coffee when I heard screaming and banging from the interview room. I peeked through the one way window and I saw a middle aged guy smashing the chair against the wall while screaming. I went and told the detective what the guy was doing and he told me the guy had been doing that on and off since he had been brought in. The detective told me the guy had no criminal record and no history of mental health problems but early that morning the guy had broken into his sister's home, stabbed her, choked her, raped her, tied a rope around her neck and then threw her out a window. The guy wouldn't talk he just kept screaming and breaking things. He wasn't even a suspect until his sister regained consciousness and identified him. Last I heard she was alive but is paralyzed from the neck down. He committed suicide in jail. No one knew why he did it. Not a cop but a juvenile detection center. While I was on night shift 11 p.m. 7 a.m. I would basically make rounds and watch TV. Nothing happened because all the kids were sleeping. There were occupied cells except for one. I asked why this one was never filled and my supervisor said because every kid that stayed in there felt uneasy sleeping and something would grab their hand. Of course I said okay well whatever. So while making my rounds and checking on the kids to make sure they were sleeping and not goofing off staying awake, I checked through the window on this door. To this day I still wouldn't look in there unless it was occupied. I saw a bed with a pitched blanket on it. Mind you the cell was empty and closed and I know for a damned fact there wasn't a blanket in there only a mattress the day before when I was watching the same cell block. So I called the acting supervisor supervisor. supervisor and I said you gotta see this. He comes down and sees the blanket now on the floor. And I said I am telling you it was pitched up like a tent and I know there wasn't a blanket in there yesterday. And he said point blank. Why do you think you were in this cell block and no one else? They knew I was new of course and gave me cell block D which they nicknamed doom. Because the worst kids were here and it was haunted. Would have been nice on orientation day to have learned that beforehand. I was a few months off of field training when I received a call for a suspicious incident in southwest zone of our jurisdiction. Dispatch advised the caller saw a single light in the sky. I was a few blocks north of the location of the call when it came out, and heard what sounded like an electrical transformer blow just a few minutes before the call came out. I just assumed the caller had seen the flash that typically accompanies these little explosions. While I was en route, Dispatch further advised that the subject had made statements indicating the light was, what Dispatch referred to as, of the biblical variety as it had made him feel warm. Great. for those that are not familiar there is a very involved relationship between mentally ill and law enforcement it seems that the number of mentally ill interactions for law enforcement has drastically increased and doesn't seem to be going anywhere anytime soon i am looking at you crisis intervention training i request any prior interactions we have with the subject and dispatch relates what you'd imagine numerous calls for people in his house when no indication of such was located angels in his bedroom civil disturbances for talking to himself on the train platform pretty much the standard offering of someone suffering from a mental illness also an officer safety alert terrific stupid transformer i arrive on scene and find a man standing in the snow on the sidewalk with a good brown winter jacket soiled blue jeans and a pair of white new balance shoes i remember the shoes were just immaculately white with heavy wear on the outside edges the subject we will call him tim has the most peaceful expression on his face with his hands clasped in front of him in what i'd call the communion hold if you've ever received communion and cup your hands to receive your jesus wafer it was like that tim waves to me as i park i walk up and introduce myself hey sir i am Officer Poetic Trigger Pull, how you feeling today? Tim cuts in with an impossibly long run-on sentence, the gist of which was him asking if I had seen the light and accepted God's angel into my life. Sorry Tim, must have missed that one. I already know what happened and I don't want to spend any longer than I have to, because psych committal paperwork sucks. So I launch into a perfectly reasonable explanation of how a transformer blew in the area and the light he saw was the explosion, blah blah blah. The whole time I am talking. Tim is smiling and shaking his head at me. That's when he tells me it was not a flash of light, but a large circle of light that made no noise. It floated above him rather angelically for what Tim perceived was ours and cast a light on him that warmed his skin, aka God's touch that expelled his demons. As the large circle of light moved away, Tim told me that the electrical box exploded as the light passed over it. This is where I tell you. I have a morbid fear of UFOs. Legit. I hate even talking about them. At this point, I am quick to disprove Tim. As I don't want to even entertain the notion. I cut Tim off and ask for his ID. He hands it over and I find out he lives just a couple houses down. I am quick to try and convince Tim to return home as I am sure. It was nothing. I begin inquiring about his meds, illicit drug use, alcohol, the works. It all checks out. Tim is kind of just a standard crazy dude. Cool. Time to go. Tim shows me his watch. It's a Casio with a velcro band and the face of which is on Tim's inner wrist. Where the numbers would normally be there are these little 0s. They are the little weird digital zeros that you get on a calculator. Where they narrow at the ends and have little spaces between them. If you've ever spelled 80,085 with a calculator you'll know what I mean. There are some other dashes on the screen. No biggie. Tim has probably been wearing that watch for 30 years and it's been broken for 29 of them. I start to ask Tim if I can accompany him back to his home when I... Notice something that still gives me goosebumps even now as I type this. Tim and I are standing in a large circle of slightly melted snow. I have a pain catch in my chest and what could possibly be my first ever panic attack. Internally of course, no one likes to see a cop hyperventilate and shit himself. I look closely at the circle and seen a razor fine edge. The interior of the circle looks like melted snow and is kind of subset below the outer edge. It looks like someone turned a burner on underneath the snow and it was melting from the bottom down. Additionally, I see Tim's footprints walking into the circle from down the sidewalk in the direction of his house. The footprints outside of the circle are fresh and have these nice sharp edges. The ones inside are rounded and look like they have spent a day or two and the Sunday my prints inside the circle are fresh as well. At this point in time, My cover officer arrives. One is usually dispatched whenever we have officer safety alerts on a subject. It's my former FTO. Good. Me and him are close and I can panic a little in front of him. I pull him by my car and explain everything. He tells me he heard the transformer pop and believes the circle is due to gas. Or a sewer. Essentially something terrestrial. He's calm about it and I want to believe him. He takes over and walks Tim back to his house after he makes sure no medical treatment is needed. We're done here. I get back in my car and try to clear myself from the call on my laptop but the MDT is completely frozen. Not unusual. Just annoying. I mic up and tell dispatch I am 10-8. I am asked to repeat as I am all static. I drive down the road a bit and it goes through. Not unusual. Our radios suck. I take my phone out to call my former FTO and tell him just how far down the rabbit hole I went with that before he got there. My phone is locked up on the keypad screen. I have to pull the battery to reset it. This is a little unusual. That's never happened before. After a reset. I call my FTO and he essentially tells me to think horses when I hear hoofbeats. Not zebras. I feel like an idiot and don't don't tell anyone because as a probationary officer, I can be let go rather easily. And UFOs aren't covered in department policy. I don't drive down that street for a couple months and really really try to forget it. I get a call for a burglar alarm at a house at the cul-de-sac at the end of that same street. The homeowner tells me he only had the alarm trigger once before. I ask when and he tells me when he saw a large light glide over his house a few months back. Duck me. I don't go down that street alone on midnights, ever. This was just one of three incidents I've had at work. The other two were lights over Lake Michigan's shoreline, added I suck at spelling, and writing in general. Context my wife's grandmother died a few months after our first daughter was born She had polio as a child and was in a wheelchair the majority of my wife's life Three years ago we had twins and one of them was still born at 31 weeks The other one survived A couple of weeks ago my sister-in-law was at work at a restaurant A kind of disheveled old man stopped her as she was walking and told her that there was a blonde-haired little boy following H her around He then asked if anybody in her family had lost a baby He said that he just wanted to let us know he was fine And not to worry There was a lady in a wheelchair watching after him. I never believed in spirits until a couple weeks ago, and now I'm a complete believer. Obligatory not my story. But when I read this I thought it was pretty ducked. An elderly lady phoned 911 and requested that they send some policemen down to her house because she saw a shadowy figure lurking in her backyard. She was living by herself at night and didn't feel safe watching someone through her window. When the policeman arrived, the door was unlocked. They walked in and found the lady seated facing the window and they went to go check the backyard. There were no signs of anyone attempting to break and enter and nothing was missing. She had very tall fences surrounding her property making it nearly impossible for anyone to get into it. They did, however, find footprints on the inside of her home. It was quite possible that she had left the door unlocked and wasn't looking outside, but rather at a reflection of someone inside of her home, behind her. I'm not a cop, but I did ask a cop about the scariest thing he ever witnessed. This guy had been around for years and a Vietnam vet. He was working homicide and got a call that there was a apparent suicide. But since it was done with a shotgun they needed to be sure he really shot himself. When he arrived some other officers had been there while and it was a bloody mess. The guy put the barrel in his mouth and sprayed the ceiling with his skull. He walked over to the body and looked into the gapping hole in the man's skull. Just then the man grabbed him and jumped up and screamed in his face. The slug the guy used managed to go between both lobes of his brain and not kill him. No one checked if he was alive because he looked very dead. He actually was rushed to the hospital and made it. Cop told me that was the only time in his adult life he shit himself. Thought he came back from the dead for a moment. Didn't happen to me, but I responded and was there shortly thereafter. A co-worker responds for a building check located at the city pool. Middle of summer. Warm night. It was sometime around 1 am. The pool is a simple block blue building on the edge of town. Surrounded by a large empty field on one side. A parking lot, playground and trees on the other. Co-worker keys up radio and says pool, I got one running toward the field, unknown male, blue jeans, grey shirt, we all on shift go quickly of course, we find our co-worker not far from where the foot pursuit began. He's literally looking at the ground, into the sky, everywhere in that empty field, retracing his steps, mumbling incoherently. We ask, where the suspect was last seen and he just keeps repeating we turned the corner of the building and he disappeared, gone. Now, with the layout of the grounds, if you turned the corner of the building you have the option of running toward the large empty field, or scaling the ten fence into the pool area that's it, nowhere else to go and you cannot climb the building, we checked the pool, and surrounding grounds nothing, co-worker swears he was on the guy's heels, guy disappeared for a split second turning the corner, co-worker clears the building corner and suspect has disappeared, judging by the co-worker's statement and absolute astonishment fear, in his eyes, he seen something not of this world, maybe he was chasing some Usain Bolt of trespassers, I don't know to this day he says he chased an alien, case still unsolved,
0: hey folks as you know I love helping people, Especially people trying to help themselves so I was sent this GoFundMe fundraiser from a listener. My name is Greg, and I was homeless due to the death of my spouse and need dental work to become employable as I look horrendous, and my work experience is working with the public. I desperately need dentures or, if lucky, implants. I have never been more humiliated in my life and am thankful someone is willing to help me do this. Please help make me whole again. If you would like to help Greg become whole again and get his life back the link to donate is below, if you are unable to help. Please share the fundraiser link. I truly appreciate you.